All right, welcome to the Krug Show, February the 29th, 949 West Coast. I mean, just 49 minutes after noon on the in the East, and our guest is joining us in the Central Time Zone, uh, the great Nick Allegretti, and I've got Brian Benefitemi here as well, my longtime buddy and former producer at KMBR 680, now working for EA. And, Bri, before we bring in Nick, um, you know what? You were the guy who kind of hooked this thing up originally. And why don't we explain to people why we're, you know, how the three of us got together. And you were the reason you, you said, hey, man, you used to scout football players. Um, I bet you you could find a guy who is going to go that nobody's heard of and that we could get him on our show. And then that guy could become a great superstar and uh, we'll have the connection. And you, this was your, your uh, producing brilliance back in the day. And I came to you with Nick Allegretti. Yeah. Remember that? Absolutely. Yeah. I remember I actually found, I was going through um, some, I was trying to find the original like piece that you had written back at the time about Nick. And it was an article you had written my favorite 10 offensive players of the 2019 NFL draft. You said, this guy's the ultimate sleeper, tough, smart, <laughs> nasty, the thing I remember most, Larry, is that you love uh, you love offensive linemen that used to wrestle in high school, and that was a big right. thing you said about Nick. You said this guy's tough. He used to wrestle. He's not afraid to get dirty, you know. So, um, and looking back now, I mean, five years later, three Super Bowls. Clearly, you're onto something because Nick's a hell of a player, and it's it's great to be with him again. And he's with us. Um, be he's headed off to rehab because. Uh, of an injury that he suffered in the Super Bowl. Nick, how are you, man? Good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm great. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, It's been some time since the draft, but uh, it was definitely a memorable uh, interview with you guys, and uh, I, it's pretty cool to be back here five years later. It, you know, it really is. And, you know, one of the things that I did like about you when I was going through your profile as a draft prospect is, as Brian said, you kind of married the two things that I love in offensive linemen. You had the wrestling background, but you were also like an academic guy, an all-American, academic all-American. And now here we are years later. Uh, you've carved out an NFL career. You found a way to stay with the Chiefs who drafted you. Was it the fifth round, sixth round? Uh, seventh round. Seventh round. Seventh round. Um, and and you found a home there. I know you're a free agent this year, but um, tell us a little bit about your 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 run from draft prospect to where you're at today, man. It's been an incredible thing. And Brian and I have been following you on like when you played on Monday Night Football. I think did he score a touchdown that night? What was that? Remember we 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 were going back and forth on one of your Monday Night games. Uh, but you started in the Super Bowl against uh, against the Niners. It's been a it's been an incredible run for you. Just describe what it's been like. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. Absolutely. I mean, went in the seventh round. Um, really, you know, as a seventh rounder, you know, I had a goal to make the team, um, but knowing that I was a late round undrafted guy, uh, not really having a ton of success in college, I was just hoping to get you know, get my cup of coffee in the NFL, get a shot to go out there, put on, put on the shield, uh, hopefully get in a game or two. Didn't really know what, uh, what my career had in front of me, but, uh, it's been a wild ride. I, I 2019 was a rookie pretty much just, uh, 
was on the team, was in special teams role, um, got an opportunity to get a couple snaps in the Super Bowl that rookie year, which was awesome. Um, and then my second year is kind of where I got my uh, my chance to prove that I should be in the league. Uh, and got a, a good chunk of starts that year. Um, and then it was kind of, you know, it's been kind of quiet year three and then year four, year five. I got a, a good good couple starts there and then, I, you know, got a shot to start the, the last two games of the season this year, which was really uh, it was an incredible experience because it's one of those things as a, you know, as a backup, you you prepare every single week like you're ready to start right guard, left guard, center, whatever it is. Um, and it's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster because you you have to get yourself into the mindset to play, but you're not really burning the energy or the you know, you're not going through the emotions of actually playing. So that it's a it's a challenge, um, but you know had the opportunity to step in that divisional game against the Bills and um, was fortunate enough to ride it out from there. And you know just it's been incredible to be a part of this organization, um, to play for Coach Reed, to play with guys like you know Pat, Travis, and Chris Jones, Tyreek for a few years. The 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 football nerd side of me, is, <laughs> I mean, has absolutely loved it. You know those guys are some of the best to ever play their position in the history of our sport. And I get to play with or play against them, you know, every single day of practice. So it's, it's, uh, it's been an incredible, incredible experience. Brian fire away. I'm sure you got a couple questions for Nick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you kind of talked about it, Nick, a little bit, but um, I've, I was reading some stuff and you were saying, you know, replacing Joe Tooney is, is a great opportunity for you, but it's hard because like you said, you don't always know if you're going to be a right guard, left guard or center. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the preparation of, you know, having to be prepared to come in at any given time for multiple positions on the offensive line and how you're able to kind of handle that throughout the year? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's uh, preparing for a week that I know I'm starting, honestly, is mentally, it's it's much easier than the role that I have as a backup. Um, because as a backup, you know, I'm, I'm a visual guy. I like to you know, in my head, imagine my step for a cutoff or my step for a reach blocker. Imagine my pass set versus two eye or three tech or games. And I'm very visual in, in, in my head, at least. And for me to get that rep, a mental rep, I've got to do it at center, left guard and right guard every time when I'm going through the playbook. Um, and that, it's a challenge. It really is. And I, and I kind of know my weaknesses as well. So like, I know that at left guard, you know, I have a I'm, my open step is definitely better at left guard than it is at right. At right guard, I'm definitely better at stabbing my right hand on a cutoff. So I try to picture perfectly doing it, but I, you know, it's a challenge because I know my my weaknesses and my strengths in all three positions. Um, but it's 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 awesome. I mean, I get to sit there and you know dive into Coach Reed's playbook. Uh, you know, Coach Heck has been an incredible offensive line coach to to give me the ability to be able to prepare for those three positions. I mean, I, like I said, I was a seventh round pick and I didn't necessarily have the confidence that I probably should have uh, when I got to the league, but through being in that room and playing with guys like Joe, like Creed, like Trey, um, and then the older guys, when I got there with Schwartz and Fish and uh, Laurent, they, they were incredible, uh, incredible role models. And um, man, it just, the, the football side of me, it's been, it's been so damn cool to be able to, have the challenge of preparing for all three spots or have the challenge to step in for Joe Tooney. 
um, just realistically, it's, it's such a cool experience. For me. Um, you're going to rehab because of an injury that you suffered in the Super Bowl, right? It, didn't you suffer the UCL elbow injury in the Super Bowl and continued to play the rest of the game with it? Yeah, I uh, tore my UCL um, fully in the second quarter, uh, and then a couple of the other muscles around there, they're, they got big names, though. So, <laughs> I uh, like I said, I, I am an academic guy, but I do not know much about the body. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, you're a tough, chest. you're a tough guy. You're playing, you played the rest of that game with that injury. How much pain was involved after, you know, because Brock Purdy suffered this injury against the Eagles in the NFC championship game a year ago, obviously as the quarterback, he had to come out of the game, but I mean, as an offensive lineman, unless you're dead, I mean, you're pretty much out there, uh, especially in your guy's yeah. situation with Tooney already down, how much pain was involved in the, in the final half of that game? Uh, it was it was pretty significant, um, but like you said, I mean, there's the adrenaline that you add in there. But the moment that I'm in, uh, there was not really a a thought of coming out. I had we had that two minute. It happened right right before the two minute warning, so we had that two minute warning, and in the Super Bowl, that I mean that felt like it was 20 minutes. So I was able to slap a brace on it, and you know, my elbow bent. So I was like, all right, it, you know it works enough. Um, and I knew that we had a two minute drive coming up and it's kind of brutal to throw, you know, Mike Caliendo, who was my backup for that day, throw him in into a two minute drive at the end of a, end of a half. So I was like, all right, let me go finish out this drive. Let's go put points on the board and I'll see how it's doing at halftime. And, you know, outside of one play in which I absolutely needed to have my left arm, uh, that we ran at the about the ten yard line. Uh, it was a pretty good drive, so I figured that I could play the rest of the game. Um, you you mentioned Chris Jones. Um, Chris Jones is a beast. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he's just a monster. I see. I've seen him in in several big games, come over and hold court on the sideline, and it re and it, it reeks of like you better play to my my intensity level or I'll kick your ass. I mean, it was a, it's like that kind of a message. He is an incredible player, isn't he? What's it like banging heads with him in practice? And, and, and am I reading that right? That he is kind of like, Hey man, you play to my standard or get off my field. Yeah, absolutely. Answer that part first. You know, he, he plays at a very high level, um, you know, and he'll, he'll pull himself off the field when he needs a break. It's not too often, but he'll get his breaks because when he's on the field, you know, in those massive moments, if, if you're not going 100%, there's no reason you should be on the field. Um, and that's realistically, that's his mentality, but that comes from comes from Coach Bags, It comes from Coach Joe Cole, our D-line coach. And then ultimately it comes from Coach Reed. I mean, if you're going to be on the field competing with the Chiefs, who we know that every time we, you know, we shoot up, you know, with Coach Reed and with Pat and Chris and all these guys, we have a chat to be Super Bowl contenders. So if you're not a guy going 100%, there's no reason for you to be with the realistically with the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to answer the second part, yeah, he is practicing against him every day has probably made me into the player that I am. Because um, you can go out there, you know, generally I'm getting a ton of scout reps every day. And if I go out there and I, you know, front Chris up three or four times in a day, it's like, man, I just had, I just had a day. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> you know, you know that they're, you know, they're scheming up games and they're, you know, Chris's talent, they're going to beat you. It's, and nobody's upset when a scout player gets beat because it makes Chris look good. Everyone's happy, but you go out there and you block them a few times. I mean, it, it builds a ton of confidence because you watch it week in, week out. Nobody's really blocking him unless you slide to him. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sure you got some good ones for Nick. Yeah, you know, Nick, one of uh, my favorite moments of your career so far has definitely been that touchdown you caught. I think it was in 21, um, Steelers game, throwing T.J. Watt to the floor, catching that <laughs> touchdown from Pat. Um, if you could just kind of, yeah, take us back to that moment, because uh, I, I, I know, I imagine, you know, you weren't the first read on that play, but what was that mm -hmm. moment like for you? And, and when are we going to potentially see another Allegretti touchdown? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Coach Reed has – we've schemed up O-line touchdowns um, every couple of years, uh, fish has had one and, you know, we didn't end up Mike Remmers caught a ball for a first down a couple of years ago. And we usually scheme one up a year. Um, but this one was definitely not one of them. It was, uh, it was just a heavy package, you know, we're trying to show run and then we're running a little bit of a, a naked and I am, I think the fifth read. So we got five O linemen in and Pat. So I'm, I'm the last option. And normally the ball's out of his hands before I where I'm supposed to wait for the over to cross my face and then I ditch and turn around. Um and I got my hands on TJ Watt for a couple seconds. Not a shot. I was looking at the over route because I was like, I gotta worry about blocking TJ Watt a little bit more than that. Uh and you know, had an opportunity to ditch him, turned around, expecting to hear cheers and you know, if someone caught it in the corner of the end zone, I'll go celebrate and the ball was just kind of floating towards me. And I was like, well, you know, there wasn't time to think. And it was like, all right, here it is. And I, I, it was, I thought I was going to get labeled. I didn't know where any of the defenders are, were at that point. Um, but I thought, even if I'm in the end zone, they're going to be pissed. Someone's going to come smoke me. Uh, but then <laughs> I scored and, uh, I mean, what a great time. You did celebrate with the O-linemen. Um, we were probably all as tired as we've ever been. Cause we'll celebrate every touchdown, but you know, alignment touchdowns a little different. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, an incredible moment. Nick, uh, the live mic of the, of Super Bowl 58 copy is out and I, I caught it the other night. And as you know, me, man, I was rooting hard for you, but man, I'm a Niner guy. And it was like, sure. you know, I, I was, I wanted the Niners to win that game so bad. And one of the things that was really struck me is after the first offensive series, um, Greenlaw uh, tackled the guy, and then and then kind of he kind of pushed off on him too. He, he he hit him, he tackled him, and then he kind of hit him again a little bit after the whistle. And you look like you took offense to it and came over and was like was trying to get a little piece of Greenlaw maybe or or at least say something. But then then they fast forward to the sideline. And here's Pat, and he's coming off the field, and he's like, he's like, guys, we got to ratchet up the intensity. They're they're more intense than us. They're they bring in all kinds of intensity, guys. We got to ratchet up the intensity. And you were right there as he was kind of yelling that to the offensive guys coming off the field. Do you remember that sequence at all? Uh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, starting with the the kind of the extra little shove, whatever. It's more of a. I'm not going to say I'm offended by a player pushing pushing one of my guys because I absolutely expect that to happen. Right. But I also expect myself or one of my other offensive linemen that's close to be there. 
if you're a running back, a receiver, a quarterback, they're going to get hit. They're going to get tackled. It's part of the game. You, we have to be there. I think if if a running back gets, you know, gains six yards, gets, you know, has a big hit, and the first thing he sees when he gets up is one of his offensive linemen. I think that that put just a lot of confidence in his mind that like, all right, like, had I broke that tackle, like I had a guy right there, or had something happened that like in that pile in that skirmish, like I had my guy right there. Um, that's kind of the mentality that I've always played with. Coach Heck pushes that a lot as well, and it is a physical game. It's you know, we're not looking to get in fights or anything like that, but there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot, and I just need, I need to let it be known that you know, to my guys that I you know I've got their back. Sure. Um, and, you know, I know they've got mine. So, and then, you know, you got a guy like Pat, you know, when he's saying you got to bring the intensity, I, you take that personally like that. Did you hear uh, that in the moment or is that just, oh, picked up on the, you did. Okay. No, we heard it. And, uh, I'm sitting there like, man, this is a Super Bowl, and we don't have enough intensity to go play. So, and it still took us a few drives to really get it in. And that's, and not only say that's unexpected because it, it is the Super Bowl is a spectacle. It is the biggest game of all of our lives. It's the biggest thing on TV for the entire year, every single year. Um, so a slow start is not out of the norm. So it wasn't like, Oh, we got to panic. We have to bring the intensity, but it was like, yeah, we do have to, if we're not the more most intense team on this field, we're not going to win the game. You know, the 49ers were an incredibly, incredibly talented in offense and defense. So we knew that we had to bring more intensity to, to get the job done. It's funny. I remember uh, Nick coming out of the draft. Larry had even tweeted John Lynch saying, this guy is legit. He is an offensive lineman. Perfect for you guys. And now five years later, you got two Super Bowl wins against the very same 49ers. Um, I just, yeah, I, I was thinking about that earlier. I think it was kind of a funny moment. <laughs> Shoot. But it's, uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, we, we've been big believers. Let's just say that Brian and I have been in your corner since the beginning um, for sure. What was the night before Super Bowl 58 like for you? You've played in the league, but you've been a backup. You know that whatever you do in this game is going to be remembered forever. Um, you're getting an opportunity that you've never had before, even though you've been a pro. Did you sleep well the night before the Super Bowl? Did you? What was your What was your feeling like that night before? You know, I think. Uh... I, did, I slept pretty well. Um, I, I don't leave that up to chance anymore. I, we, we have these little sleep uh, sleep some melatonin drinks or whatever. So uh, I don't give myself the chance to get restless because I know that that's a real opportunity. Um, like you said, it was an incredible opportunity. Like how cool of an opportunity to get a chance to step in for an all-pro guard uh, and an offensive line that, you know, we had some issues throughout the year, but realistically – protected Pat very well all year. And I've got to step in for the guy that probably protected him the best all year. Um, and I'm, I'm a big dreamer. I'm a guy that I used to, in the backyard, I used to just be by myself, throw a football up in the air, pretend like I had just won my 10th straight Super Bowl, And like, I was that little kid and I, I still kind of am. So I sat there like, man, this is like, I'm going to have a chance to go start the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. Um, and then the injury happens, and in the back of my head, I'm like, I got to fight through this. And I'm also saying, like, how cool would it be to fight through an injury and win a Super Bowl? Uh -huh. Like, I don't know. Hey, maybe it's not cool, but, like, 
kind of is like I, I you know toughness is something that I really pride myself on and if I'm able to push through this injury and get this done like man what a cool opportunity um I'm saying the word cool a lot because I love football I really do it is such an incredible sport to to be able to compete at this level and then on you know on an organization like the Chiefs it's it's really uh it's awesome Super Bowl Sundays, Nick, have been really good to you. I mean, three-time champion. And I know last year, I believe on Super Bowl Sunday, you were you became a father to two twin daughters. Uh, and now Way they to go, man. Well, I know they're they're young now, but for uh, you know, to for you to be a father and I imagine have your kids there at the Super Bowl with you, what was that moment like for you? And how has that transition into fatherhood been for you as a pro? Um, yeah, I mean, starting with the birth of my daughters, I mean it was it was an incredible day, uh, Super Bowl 57. Um, but I, honestly, it was it was a hard day. Um, they were born at three three o'clock in the morning that day, and wow! Yeah, so I, I woke up and I, I missed. I mean, obviously, I missed the birthday. They were back in Chicago, and um, so then I was kind of just up for the day. And you know, I, I had pictures of my daughters and pretty much looked at them all day. You know, and then we go play the game. And, I, you know, I was a special teams role and, and then a, a heavy package tight end role in there as well. But there was there was a lot of moments where I'm like, man, what am I what am I doing here? I should be at home with my wife and my kids. And, you know, we knew that they were going to be most likely be in the NICU for a little bit because they were twins. And so that was kind of a hard, a, definitely a hard day for me. Um, and then to get the chance this year to bring them out to the Super Bowl and, you know, their birth, their first birthday was the day after the Super Bowl, and uh, just I, it's 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 hard to comprehend the uh, five years that I've had in the league. I've been in four Super Bowls. I had my daughters the morning of one of the Super Bowls, and now they get to go to Vegas with me and you know win another Super Bowl. It is it's incredible that being a father. It's kind of being a father is is really what I've always wanted to be. Uh, my dad's my biggest role model, um, always has been. And, you know, I the to have the ability to provide for a family is something that I've always wanted to do. I wanted to have the responsibility of being a father and have the joy of, you know, getting to come home from work. And normally in season, I come home from work and they'd be, they'd be eating dinner and they turn around in their high chair and you just get big smiles. And it makes it makes everything worth it. Um, you know, you miss a lot of time you know, play in this profession, but, uh, you know, it, it absolutely, it makes everything worth it. You know, it's such an awesome story and it's amazing how you've evolved as a man, man, you know, from a college student as a coming into the league with a dream, as you said, you're a big dreamer to live in your dream, uh, having the wife, having the kids, having the career. And this is a big off season for you because you've had everything, right? You've gotten three rings, you've gotten, the ultimate in coaching. You, you mentioned Andy Heck. Andy, I remember Andy Heck at Notre Dame. That's how old I am. Uh, I, I can remember him playing at Notre Dame. He was a hell of a player, um, and now he's a hell of a coach by all accounts. But you, uh, you're, you were a free agent once, and you signed back with Kansas City. So you've had that unbelievable continuity. Do you live in Kansas City, or do you live in in Illinois still? Uh, yeah, so we we rent in Kansas City, um, and we still we maintain that uh, that address because OTAs and everything. But we uh, we live in Chicago for the most part of the off season. Um, nice, so nice. So you Kansas got the family. So you're right there, kind of in the Midwest. 
But now yeah. you're a free agent, and you mentioned providing for your kids. I mean, what do you, what kind of dialogue have you had with your agent? I mean, I'll say this. You know, because you follow me on Twitter, I've already put out, hey, man, the Niners need a guard. Go get Nick Allegretti. Uh, I attached you on there. I, I think you would be a great Niner. And, heck, if you wanted to bring Chris Jones with you, we'd be okay with that. Um, but uh, uh, that might solve the entire offseason in one day. They got Allegretti and Chris Jones. Uh, something tells me he'd have more questions at the presser. But uh, you, you never know. I, I, I'd ask you a bunch. But what what is your what's your mindset? Is it like I need to stay with the Chiefs no matter what? Or do you look at the face of your wife and your babies and say, you know what? My body's not going to be able to play like this forever. I'm in my late 20s. I got to make this contract work. And maybe I'll go somewhere as the starter and try to try to get that big payday. Um, you deserve it at this point. What, yeah. What's what's your mindset? It's uh, it's tough. It, it, it is not a cut and dry uh, answer. Um Last off season, you know, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I, I guess I can, you guys know the answer. Am I able to speak on prior off seasons? Yeah. Negotiations. I, yeah, I yeah, signed you... the um, but yeah, during the, during the, whatever the free agency window shoot, San Fran was a, was a team that I absolutely spoke with and nice. I mean, couldn't, couldn't have more respect for John Lynch and uh, coach Shanahan and the, the organization they're running there is about as top end as it gets. And when I spoke with them, they, they mentioned that. And I, I couldn't remember if it was coach uh, or John Lynch's uh, message, but they were your, normally their message is where are you going to have a better chance to go in the Super Bowl? And they hit me with that. And they were like, I understand that the, the one other place is probably Kansas city. So that's right. the, yeah. that's the challenge. It's as a, as a football guy, how do I leave that organization? How do I leave countless Hall of Famers? Mm -hmm. um, one of the top offensive line coaches, it's probably the top offensive mind, you know, that, that I'll ever play for, and Coach Reed. Um, how do I leave that situation? It's easy to say, yeah, look for a starting job, and that is that is absolutely what I'm looking for. Um, so it, it, my plan is to look for a starting role, and I, I know that there are plenty of teams that see me as a starter in this league. I know the Chiefs see me uh, as a starter. However, we have probably one of the best interior offensive lines in the league, and I love those guys. And I, I know that's that's the reality of that situation. Um, so that's my mentality. I don't have a cut and dry answer um, because you know you think about family, and it's. Kansas City is a great area to raise a family. And that was a huge, huge reason that I decided to go back to the Chiefs last year. I just had two newborn twins. There was a lot of change in our life. We, we didn't really need any extra change. Um, so I, I made that decision. And now, you know, they're, they're a little over one. It's a lot easier to handle. Um, so I, I think family-wise, there's really not a, a bad place to raise a family. We can find, you can find great areas at any of the 32 cities across the, across the league. So that's not as much uh, on my mind this year. Um, and yeah, the, the chance to get a, a bigger payday and put more money away from my, my family is absolutely a thought as well. Um, 
So there's a lot. There's only one out. market. There's only one market, Nick, where you can have a beer with Brian Benefitemi and Larry Kruger, <laughs> uh, and and that's NorCal. Uh, yeah, you'd be a great, absolutely. you'd be a great Niner at right guard. Could you can you play right guard for the Niners? Yeah, I listen. If the, if they give me the opportunity to be the starting right guard, I, I would absolutely love it. Um, I that is what I want. I, I want to. You're right. I, I've had a, had success at Super Bowls and gotten a chance to start a ton of playoff games and not check those, but you know, check those off my list and being a full-time starter is really the thing that I want to do. I want to accomplish it. I need to accomplish it um, for myself because I know that I, I can. So that's uh that's definitely the biggest, the biggest emphasis on this uh, free agency market. Um, you know, obviously money's involved with that and I'll do my best to throw out my accounting background and, look past the California taxes if I can. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to look past it if I'm being honest because I, I I know the you know the ramifications of it. You, your agent doesn't take a fee a, a post tax. He takes a pre-tax. So that that's included as well. Um, but yeah, it's free agency is wild. I'm glad I had I've gone through it one year before and I know at least what to expect a little bit. I'm a little more prepared but uh, I'm excited to see what comes this next couple weeks. I'm wearing oh, yeah. short. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now, Nick. It's like 70 yeah. degrees out here. Um, I'm co I'm coaching little league. Uh, we're out on the field. It's it's not cold. Uh, you know, you, you'd love it here. It's it, it's. Uh, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing shorts too, but it's 30. So <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's because you're, that's you're a badass. Huh? <laughs> yeah. um, that's great. Well, we only have a couple but, more yeah. minutes with Nick, but go ahead, Brian. I'm sure you got one or two more. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we've gone this far in the interview and haven't mentioned this. This was one thing I distinctly remember about Nick, that he's an avid coin collector. I know you've been collecting Absolutely. coins since you were 12 years old. I, I saw on your that. Instagram page, you even secured a, a sponsorship with someone yeah. uh, regarding this. So I know we haven't talked in, in a while, but what are some of the biggest coins you've collected since we last spoke? And you know, how has that partnership been for you, kind of expanding your brand like that? Uh, first of all, it's been awesome. Yeah, U.S. Coin and uh, Jewelry down in Houston. We we worked a partnership out, and I am absolutely I'm I'm a nerd. I I collect things. <laughs> Coins are probably my biggest collection. Um, 1893 San Francisco, 1893 S Morgan Dollar uh, is my uh, the the pride and joy of my collection. Um, right. So that from the from a coin perspective, San Francisco does have a lot to offer with the mint. Um, a lot of history there in the gold mining uh, aspect as well. Uh, but no, it's, it's my favorite, my favorite hobby, you know, outside of, I can't call it really being a father a hobby. That's a, that's definitely a job. Um, yeah. in terms of just a, a relaxing hobby, I love it. It's, uh, it's kind of my thing that I do by myself. I get a chance to, you know, nerd out and spend time with people, you know, fully away from sports and don't have to talk football if I don't want to. Uh, so I, I really, I love it. Um, it's been probably one of the best things for me when it comes to stress, you know, I, I bring coin magazines and coins with me on the road all the time. And, um, we'll usually just look through the magazine the night before games and helps me decompress, um, not think about football. Cause it's really easy to just dive into the playbook and think about nothing else but the game. And if you do that, then it's by the time you get to the game, you've played it three times in your head and you're exhausted. So. I, uh, coins have been a, a huge part of my life. Actually, the first time we, we talked, I was visiting my brother in Chicago 
and I walked to a coin store and in the middle of the walk, I had the interview with you guys. So I stopped in a building in Chicago, had the interview and kept going to a coin store. Amazing. I amazing. It. I love it. Uh, I got to ask you about, about the quarterback and about the Niner quarterback. What's it like to play with Mahomes? Um, he's just, it just seems like he is exudes confidence at the end of games. You just, everybody assumes that he's going to make the big plays and he does. What's it like playing with him and Kelsey and, and then give us your perspective on Brock Purdy. And I heard uh, Spag say a lot of great things about Purdy. Um, what was your takeaway from, from watching him do his thing? Yeah. Um, I'll start with Pat. It's, it's hard to describe the, the confidence level that he has because it is, it's not cocky at all, but it is, it's a full belief. And I think that's something that radiates throughout the team. And that's something that it is, it's hard to win in this league. It's hard to win a regular season game. It's hard to win a playoff game and it's damn near impossible to win a Super Bowl. Um, and if you don't believe in the, in the fact that you can get that done, it, it is impossible. And I think the belief that is in the building is the biggest reason for our success. We're sitting there, we've, we're two and four in our last six, and we can't help but talk about Vegas. We shouldn't be talking about Vegas. We've got a lot of shit to figure out, but we know that if we get our shit figured out, if we do what we need to do, over the course of the rest of this regular season, we're going to put ourselves in the position to get to Vegas and get to that Super Bowl. And it is a full belief in our program and our coaches and, and in ourselves. And, you know, that starts with Pat, who probably has the, the most ability of anyone that currently puts a helmet on. And it, it is such a cool, he's such a cool teammate to play with. Because I try, I mean, I've tried to steal as much as I can from him. We don't play the same position at all, but his confidence is probably his biggest positive in my mind, besides all of his physical skills. But he believes that if you give him the ball, at the end of the game, we've won. Um, and you see that. You see him calling the play in the huddle, the ninth play of the drive, and he's his heart rate. You you can see his heart rate slow. He's not breathing that hard. There's no reason for anybody to be calm in that situation, but he is. Um, and I think that is that is what makes him shoot a three-time Super Bowl champion, two-time, you know, league MVP six years into his career. Um, so that's been awesome. And then on Purdy, I mean, it is so interesting to me to watch him because I how cool is that? I mean, I am absolutely bought into the fact that he is a great player. Um, I can't evaluate quarterbacks. Like I said, you just asked me about Mahomes. All I talked about was mentality because I don't know arm sure. angles and I don't, I don't know arm strength, but he seems to have a ton of confidence, which is like I said, I think the biggest thing you need is a quarterback. Um, he doesn't seem to get rattled a lot. Uh, I, I was extremely impressed with you know he, he if you can go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes I'm impressed I mean obviously we were able to come out with the win but he seems to be incredibly composed at the end of the day he wins that's what you want to you want a quarterback to win you don't care if you throw for 100 yards or 300 yards you don't care if you throw 
any touchdowns. All you need to do as a quarterback, in my opinion, is win. And that's all Pat cares about. And I think that's all that, you know, it looks like Brock cares about. He doesn't seem to be too wrapped up in stats or anything like that. And uh, I'm excited to watch him throughout his career. You know, it's the challenge, as you guys know, with San Francisco quarterbacks is you guys have an incredible system. So everyone wants to label every quarterback that comes through there and has success as a system quarterback. Right. Yeah. But there can be really good system quarterbacks. Like, hey, I'm a really talented quarterback in this system. So I, I don't think he's a system quarterback. I think that it's a great system, and he's a good he's a good quarterback. So you put those together, and you're going to have a damn good player. So I think that he's a guy that could have success at other other teams. It's not like San Fran's the only reason he's having success. Um, I, I can't wait to watch the rest of his career. Uh, Brian, you got one last one for for Nick before he gets on to rehab? Yeah, Nick. I mean, you know – we know now, like we, we've talked about, of course, three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, I'm curious how the each one kind of sits in your mind now that you've you know had a chance to reflect on them. Is there a parade or a Super Bowl that kind of stands out to you the most from the three? Yeah, I would say that the, this past Super Bowl is uh, the one that stands out. Obviously, the recency bias, but every time you you the first time we won one, you know. I didn't know anything else. I won more games that first season as a rookie than I did my entire four years playing Illinois. So I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> the NFL is great. Uh, and then, you know, the second year I get a chance to become a starter, you know, started 15 games or whatever that year and go through a playoff run, make it to the Super Bowl. And we end up falling apart at that Super Bowl. And it was, that was a low for sure. And then the next year we end up losing the game before the Super Bowl. So you start to realize, like, man, this is – we had a great team all three of those years. We only won the Super Bowl once. It is hard as hell to win a Super Bowl. So when we go back last year, you know, or we beat the Eagles. That was awesome. Um, but this one, you know, going 11-6 and six in the regular season, the worst regular season record that I've had with the Chiefs, you know, lots of negative uh, connotations put around our offense throughout the year. But we were able to go get it done. And it, it was every time I think it's better because every time you respect how hard it is. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, this one just being an overtime classic and mm-hmm. battling through the injury. Um, it was. It was personally one of the. One of my one of my most favorite uh, athletic experiences, I have some I have some other ones, and honestly, most of them are wrestling. Um, but it was one of those where I, I had a, I had an internal battle. Normally I'm just there for the team and whatever I can do for the team. But this time I had, I had a lot of challenges that I was dealing with making sure that I could get myself through that game. And, um, so that as a, as an athlete, that was, that, that's probably one of my most proud, uh, proud moments to be able to push through that and finish that game and come out on top and an incredible, you know, a game that'll be played for the rest of my life, which is awesome. The question for non-sports fans, to have you met Taylor Swift? Have you spoken to Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah, absolutely. She is she is awesome. She's knowing Trav uh, for the past five years. She's exactly who I was, all of us expected. You know, Trav's about as genuine uh, of a human being as I've ever been around. And you know that if he's going to have any relationship, that's who he's going to be with. And she's super sweet. She's, you know, easy to talk to. They just both happen to be 
best in the world at what they do <laughs> and that works and they're serious about their career and um yeah she's she's awesome Nick, we'll let you go, bro. Congrats on the Super Bowl. It pains me to say it, but dude, you're just a straight class act. And I was looking at the Niner depth chart as we were doing the interview. I know you wore 53 for the Illini. You've been wearing 70, 73 for the Chiefs. Uh, the Niners don't have a 73 right now. Yeah, 73's wide open right now, Nick. Uh, you know, the there's a, you know, you want your number, you know, you know, your number is available here in San Francisco. Have what, what point do teams reach out? Um, have, have teams already reached out in free agency or is that uh, something that comes later on? Is there some deadline I'm not aware of? Yeah. I don't think we're allowed to do anything until uh, the tampering window opens on March 11th. Um, so at this point, it's really just my agent and myself evaluating depth charts uh, watching the watching the the cuts and seeing who's being released, who's being signed, and trying to see what you know what money is available because you know that you know, certain teams might be interested in me, and then they end up closing a, a D tackle that they didn't expect for a little bit more money than they expected. So then the money that was set aside for me is gone. Um, so I, the the cap side of it, I like I said, I already I already texted my guy. Don't worry, I'll be a couple minutes late. But um, the cap side of it from a football, how cool is that? That the inner workings of the cap system seem amazing. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, when, when the career is all said and done, that's something I might look into. Uh, don't want to be a GM cause I don't want to have to sit there and, inter, you know, ask questions, but I would love to be a guy behind the scenes working the cap. Well, let me just say this. Yeah. The title sponsor of the Krug show is a barbecue place called pig and a pickle. Um, are you a barbecue aficionado? Uh, I do, I do enjoy some barbecue, especially being in Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I might be able to hook up lifetime barbecue for you, <laughs> uh, to try to lure you to San Francisco. Uh, Nick, you tell, you tell, you tell them to, to give me a call and uh, hopefully we can make it work. <laughs> there you go. You can not just, uh, wish Brock Purdy, be uh, good luck going forward. You can help protect and make sure that he has good luck going forward. Nick, uh, hey, congrats again, bro. And and uh, it, it's so cool to get you and me and Brian back together and have this dialogue. And, you know, it was Brian's kind of, um, you know, idea to do this uh, way back when. And I'm so glad that we did and we got to know your story and kind of live vicariously through you for the last five years. And it's been a cool, very cool thing from this side of it. So. Man, we wish you nothing but success. Of course, we hope you come out here and sign here. But um, congrats on the on the on life, man. On you know the marriage, the kids, the career, the rings. Um, it's just it's just an awesome thing, and it's been very cool to follow it from afar. So, thank you, bro, for for coming on the show, and and we wish you nothing but good health and success going forward. Absolutely, I uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and. Whether it's uh, San Fran, Kansas City, or anywhere else, uh, let's let's jump on again in the future because this is I lo love talking football with you guys. Yeah, sounds good, Nick. Always great to hear from you, man. We're always you are like the the link that keeps me and Larry constantly talking. Like anytime I'm watching a game and Collins yeah. mentions you on the broadcast or your touchdown or we see you checking in, I'm always texting Larry like Allegretti Xander, Allegretti scores. So um yeah you. just to echo what larry said it's been great following you man and uh, hopefully this yeah we'll do it again for sure awesome thank you guys
Yeah. Nick, have a great day, man. Appreciate you. Thanks. We'll let you go. Take care. Right. Take care, Nick. There you go. The great Nick Allegretti. Um, Bri, I mean, just a, just a freaking, just, I mean, you know, I know I was pouring it on thick with the, uh, the free agency stuff, but you know, I don't know if he'll come here or not, but I do think it's interesting that Lynch sounded like he really wanted him, huh? Last time, the way he kind of described it and the Niners do are looking for probably a right tackle and a right guard and a guy like this would be, you know, in a lot of ways is exactly what they're looking for, right? That kind of tough, plays hurt, humble, assignment sound, you know, tough guy, wrestling background, academic All-American. You got to be really smart to play in the Shanahan system with all the formation variation and the shifts and the motions and all the things that go into it. It sounds like he's dreaming of, of staying in KC, but they're set inside with some big time guys. He's probably going to have to go somewhere else to get that payday. Why not here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you called your shot at John Lynch five years ago to draft him. This is his chance to make good on that and finally (laughs) bring him over. You know, he could have had him. It was a seventh rounder. He was right there for him. So uh, he's going to have to, he's going to be a little bit more expensive this time around, but uh, you know, we know it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Hey, bro. Uh, good to see you, man. Uh, have a great day at, at work. Is there anything that you'd like to promote on your side on the uh, on the Krug show? I know you're you guys do some amazing stuff over at EA and and um, what's any anything on the horizons that you can share with us? Actually, it's uh, yeah. So it's with 2K, 2K TV, 2K. Um, 2K have, I'm uh, sorry. No, you're good. We have uh, actually this week is going to be episode 399, and we have uh, some big things planned for episode 400 uh, next next week. Um, I've been with the show for about four seasons now, so I have we're in season 10 now. But um, yeah, if anyone plays NBA 2K, uh, check out 2K TV. You can catch me there either behind the scenes or a lot of times on camera as well. Uh, having a lot of fun doing it, and always love uh, connecting with people that play. Do you bring anything from your radio past into your current role there? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so much of just um, a lot of it was like, you know, because I came I was doing a lot of behind the scenes producing stuff. And that's exactly what I do now. My like on air role has grown there, too. But um, whether it's like, you know, segment creation with like you and uh, Gary or I would you know come up with stories or something to talk about with. Murph and Mac and stuff as well. So a lot of the content creation and segment ideas still sticks with me. And I've only, you know, tried to improve that over the years. And then, you know, guest booking as well. I've been trying to do, um, trying to land guests for the show throughout the time I've been there has been fun. And being at the radio background, like definitely I, I learned how to reach out to people, the right people to contact. And it's definitely served me well. Yeah. Last one, man, because I get this a lot. And there's a lot of young people who watch um, on YouTube, maybe even more than ever, you know, listened on the radio. But I get this question a lot, you know, hey, um, how did you get where you're at? Or, or you know, how do producers graduate and start to make money? And, you know, I always say it, a radio producer job is a great job because it's kind of like high-end expectations low end money but you if you're smart you can make connections and surf it into 
a phenomenal opportunity on television, on radio, internet, all kinds of different websites. Um, I know so many people, but you're one of the real success stories. And I think it's important that we highlight you here. Um, what advice would you have, Bri, for that, you know, that college kid uh, that's watching this and says, you know what? man, I think it's so cool what Krug's doing at YouTube. And then, oh, I thought it was, you know, it's so cool. I'd like to have a radio career. And, and you know, we all see kind of where radio's gone and, and now how YouTube's kind of starting to kind of um, replace radio in a lot of ways. But beyond that, what kind of advice would you give, you know, a young person? Because when you came to KMBR, how old were you? You were young. Oh, man. I, I started as an intern with Murph and Mac. I was still in college. I think I was a senior in college at that time. Okay. Where were you going? Um, where, I was, oh, San Francisco State. San Francisco State. So yeah. you're in college. You have classes and you have radio obligations. What advice would you give a college student who looks at you and says, wow, man, this guy went from radio producer to carving out a career in a field that's really cool and he's doing something he enjoys doing. What advice would you have for that young person? Because I get this question a lot, and then I, I think of guys like yourself, and I'm like, dude, I wish I could just get a guy like Brian on here to tell you exactly what his path was like. But go ahead, fire away for for because there are a bunch of people who dream the dream. And I thought it was that was the other takeaway from the Nick interview is that you, in some ways, dude, you got to dream the dream. It all kind of starts with a dream. Um, and then you can go make it a reality if you got time and effort and energy and talent. You've done it. Tell people how. Yeah, appreciate the kind words, Larry. I think, um, you know, it's a few things. Like one is definitely having a dream. Like I, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be in sports broadcasting. Like I would play 2K and FIFA years ago and broadcast the games myself when I was sitting alongside my brother and my friends. And I always wanted to do it myself. But a big thing I learned in college was uh, I remember my college professor, uh, the great Marty Gonzalez, formerly of Cron Fort, uh, said something that always stuck with me. And he said, like, look around this room, like in our college classroom. He's like, you're going to at some point you could cross paths with these your classmates again, whether they're your boss, maybe you're their boss. Maybe you guys are coworkers, but you just never know the, the people just in this room how much of an influence you guys can have on each other's lives. And that always stuck with me because as I've gone, you know, progressing through my own career, so many, every, everybody I've met along the way, whether it was my broadcasting classes in college, I used to intern at Cron 4 at NBC Sports Bay Area at KMBR. I've just stayed in touch with all these people. And really I've seen so many people grow into great like producers or great careers within the field. And I got my job, current job with uh, visual concepts doing 2K TV because a college friend that we used to call basketball games together at SF State and we used to have our own radio show at SF State. I was just at KMBR when he hit me up one day and said, hey, we used to call games together. 2K is looking to add this new feature, which at the, we didn't know it at the time, but it was the G League. And he said, well, you want to audition for it? And I said, hell yeah, I want to. Like, let's do it. So we ended up auditioning, got the job, and that's only grown into also doing WNBA commentary, the demo game commentary. And I think back to a, a lot that if I didn't have that solid connection or make good friends along the way, I would you would have never hit me up to even have that audition. And um, 
I think it's also just taking chances. I only got into KMBR because I was at a Warriors game one time and I ran into Tanika Smothers uh, and I saw her, her uh, credentials said KMBR on it. And I was like, I've been trying to intern at KMBR forever. I should just ask her. And I asked her and I said, like, who can I talk to about an internship there? And she said, uh, me. And that always will stick with me because I, if I didn't ask Tanika in that moment on that day, I really don't know if I ever would have gotten into KMBR and it just kind of lined up perfectly, continued to grow. And um, yeah, so I think just taking your chances, don't be afraid to do anything and really try to network with the people you're currently around. And every time you go to new places um, and just do things yourself, you know, if you're waiting for a radio station or a TV station to pick you up, do a YouTube channel, do a podcast. Like I have my own podcast that I do on the side as like a passion project that I've learned so much from and I'm making connections in that way. And, you know, just this moral of the story being, you don't need to be with a radio station or a TV station. This day and age, anyone can start a podcast. Anyone can start a YouTube channel, do it yourself, do it now. And eventually that experience is going to translate to a job for, you know, a major network. Dude, I love it. I love it. I totally agree with your point. And that the one takeaway I would say is don't be afraid to tell people what you want maybe they can help you maybe they can't but if they don't know what you want they can't really read your mind so you told tanika smothers hey this is what i want and you just happen to run into the person that could help make that a reality for you so i think that's a great lesson for a lot of young people it's like i know there's a lot of young people are like i'm just this or that and i'm that i don't have any special real this or that don't worry about that just tell people what you want and and then pursue it and then when you do get that opportunity you got to be like brian you got to be great you know you gotta you gotta try you know you always want to do more i mean like this whole project where we're talking to nick today was born out of you saying to me hey let's do some interviews of like gms and assistant gms and people that are going to be you know big in the business in years ahead and we did lots of interviews yeah. uh, with assistant GMs who are now GMs. Um, and, you know, you just never know. So anyway, dude, I'll let you go because I know you got a busy day. But uh, appreciate you jumping in here. Very cool. And and uh, maybe we'll we'll rekindle this later this year uh, when Nick signs with the Niners. Yeah, sounds good, Larry. Thanks for having me. Just want to say, you know, just give you your flowers as someone that I've one of the, my favorite people I've worked with in the industry in all my years. I mean, I'm still young, but you were always someone that believed in me, gave me a chance. And, you know, this this whole thing uh, wasn't even for Gary and Larry when I was working with you at the time. It was just the, it was the Krug show doing it outside of the show. And you were, you know, for you were like willing to let me help you with that. Just some ideas I had. And uh I'll always remember your influence on me and like how much you've helped me in my career. So I really appreciate you, man. It's always great catching up. Hey, Brian, have a great day, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Larry. Take care. There you go. The great Brian Benefitemi. Um, you know, Nick's got a great story. Brian's got a great story. And this was a phenomenal live stream today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, great. I think there was great stuff to be learned there. One you know, Nick Allegretti is just a young offensive lineman growing up in Frankfurt, Illinois, with a dream. And, you know, now he's had he's got three Super Bowls. He's married. He's got twin daughters. He's got probably a half dozen 
offers coming his way next month to be a free agent guard for somebody. Um, I hope John Lynch dials him up because he's the kind of selfless guy that would fit in perfect on that 49er offensive line. Um, and, um, you know, I, a little bit of that championship, um, pedigree maybe would be a good thing to rub off on, uh, on some of the 49er offensive linemen, you know, the playing hurt, not that they don't play hurt, but Forrester's a great coach as well. And this would be a phenomenal spot for Nick. It sounds like his dream is to, is to, uh, you know, maybe stay in Kansas city, but man, they've got a lot of good talent there. So I don't know if it can be a reality, but, um, love to see him here in San Francisco. And as far as Brian, you know, if you're a young person and you have a dream of being in radio, you know, maybe that dream morphs from radio into something else. Um, but, um, it's all about getting an opportunity, telling people what you want and, and, and then just having, being a good networker. He kind of said it, keep in contact with every person that you meet, whether it be in radio or television or anywhere, maybe it's your college classes, especially in college, when you get into your major a little bit, you know, keep in contact with those people because his professor, Marty Gonzalez was absolutely right. You know, the same people you meet on the way up, those are the same people you're going to kind of work with throughout life. I, there's so many people I went to Sac state. There's so many people that I met in college that I've kept in contact with throughout the last 20, 25 years. And, um, and you just never know. You never know who can give you that great opportunity that changes your life. So very cool. And Brian's a, Brian's a monster. He was, you know, he was a great producer. Um, and what's a great producer. It's like, here, do all these things. Okay. And then I did all those things, but I can, I can also do this and this and this and that, and I'm, e I'm eager to do this. And why don't we try that? And it's like, you have to be energized and you have to be motivated and you have to be excited about your day. And that's what Brian was. And he's, he's carried it over into, into his current position. He's made a nice life for himself. So that would be my advice to anybody. In fact, when people ask me about how they get ahead and that kind of thing, I'm going to point them to this, uh, this live stream on my YouTube page, because I think there was a lot learned here today. Um, we're not done for the day, by the way, I've got, uh, a big baseball practice coming with my kid later today. And then the big show tonight at uh, 6 45 with Vish Kumaran, Jesse Naylor and myself. And we'll talk a little bit about all the headlines involving the Niners. Uh, the Niners met several times to, uh, this week with Rutgers defensive back, Max Melton. Max Melton is one of my favorite players in the entire draft. He's a DB corner for uh, Rutgers and he's just this guy just hits like a truck so I'm really excited to do a video on Max Melton the Niners also met with Wake Forest DB Malik Mustafa what a great name that is and if you watch Mustafa he is just a crusher in the run game I mean he steps up and just destroys people so both those articles out right now at 49er web zone uh, we'll do some videos on that later today also, the 49ers still uh, have not announced their defensive coordinator. It sounds like it's down to the known candidates are Brandon Staley, Nick Sorensen, Daniel Bullocks, Dave Merritt. Um, and I believe there was another um, non-49er that um, another somebody outside the organization that got interviewed as well, or at least was announced, was going to be interviewed. 
So they're working their way through that. Shanahan's got the final call. Um, the Niners, of course, are getting ready today. The combine starts today in Indy. Uh, we'll, we'll watch some of those workouts. So I'll watch some of that. We'll do some videos on that later on today as well. So thanks to our sponsors, Pig and a Pickle, uh, the best barbecue in all of Northern California, Damon and Mary, the owners of Pig and a Pickle. I kind of promised Damon, um, Damon, I promised um, Nick Allegretti lifetime barbecue at Pig and a Pickle. Is that okay? I may have to go. Uh, I may have to go get that approved from uh, Damon and Mary because we are talking about an offensive lineman. If he does come out here, he could eat them out of out of uh, their business altogether. Things were going good until Nick Allegretti sat down and ate us out of our business. Uh, but no, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, we're brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out there in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. or until they run out. Get the brisket, get the brisket chili. You will not be disappointed. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, marinautoglass.com, 415-883-3030, Underdog Fantasy. Check that link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG and they will match you up to your first $100. And it's been a real pleasure to have two sponsors this month uh, that sponsored our trip to Vegas and the month of February on the channel, and that's Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're at 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California, along the Monterey Peninsula. Anthony Catania is a great guy. Give him a call. He's at 831-521-5264. And if you need a roofer, and you're in Northern California, I highly recommend valleyhillroofing.net. Uh, they're at 209-481-6851. Uh, the website links are all listed in the description to the show. They're a go green contractor. Um, it's hard to find, as somebody who's put a number of roofs on different homes, it's hard to find a good roofer. And when I say that, I mean somebody who's been in business for you know a decade, somebody that's you know diamond certified or Better Business Bureau uh, that doesn't use subcontractors that you know uses their own employees that stands behind their work. Um, and I'm a big fan in ValleyHillRoofing.net. They do all of Northern California, all different kinds of roofs. So if you're looking for a roof and you're looking for a absolute top tier roofing contractor um contact valleyhillroofing.net they're great 209-481-6851 they do phenomenal work if i'm putting a roof on my house i'm going with valleyhillroofing.net all right that's going to do us do it for this live stream thanks to all of you guys uh thanks to nick allegretti thanks to brian benefitemi um nick if you're watching this uh again back uh sign with the niners come sign with the niners uh, John Lynch, if you're, uh, if you're looking for a guard, Nick Allegretti is your guy. So with that as our final, uh, message of the live stream, have a great day, everybody check you out tonight on the big show with Jesse and Vish until then. Peace. Yeah. Never met a man. I've been scared of careful. You won't get exactly what you asked.